Good New York. It's uh, the Harvester, Colin Atrophy, a.k.a. Slice Suck, a.k.a. Slice Rotten, a.k.a. See, we're doing uh, crust band names now as uh, puns instead of rap names because I ran out of rap puns. Um, but that's what I got. Ass Suck and Ass Rotten. I, I know more than that. The Sliced. That's a, the piss joke. You see, this is bad. I shouldn't ad-lib because I'm bad at ad-libbing. We can call it bad-libbing and that would be an example of me being bad at ad-libbing. Um, anyway, welcome to the uh, Radio Harvester, what we talk about when we talk about pizza. This month's episode features pizza from Mario's in Fort Greene. Uh, the address is mentioned in the episode because I can't remember it now. And uh, the guest is Christy Road, my old friend, uh, someone I've traded zines with since high school, who is uh, a constant inspiration. She is so productive, and I am always inspired to be more productive to keep up. And I, I appreciate that. And her work is really... Uh, I could say some fatuous BS is uncompromising and raw and whatever, and that'd be kind of true. I mean, I don't know. I think she deals with topics that are not necessarily dealt with in the mainstream, and I think it's really important. And uh, let's just hear her talk, because she's going to say it way better than me. So we went to All Mario's. Right. It's we called? went to Mario's on Waverly and Waverly. Green. I should know if it's Mario's or Mario's to be more respectful when I talk about it. I got my all-time favorite. The cheese feels like sauce. I gotta say, this is good pizza, and I was worried a little bit because I like Elio's. Because you I'm like a, Elio's so much. I'm an Elio's girl. And when we went and ate pizza together for Slice Harvester, you loved all the slices that I didn't like. But this is good pizza. This is just universally good. Yeah. And it was too crowded in there. There's only one little tiny table. It's an adorable little place. So we're sitting in some park now, hoping to not get rained on. I wish the rain would stop just once. It can't rain all the time. I'm from Miami, Florida, and I, I grew up pretty isolated. It was just me and my discovery of Green Day. I was pretty lonely, like in the closet, like weird, awkward, 11-year-old. I didn't really have friends. I hung out with my sister and my cousins, and they were my friends, you know, but we were all, you know, we're family, so we're all like at that age where we're like finding ourselves and drifting apart. and Right. And I was like, I'm a homosexual punk, what do I do? And then I, well, I didn't know I was a punk yet. I saw Green Day on television and I was like, that, that's what I am. No. And I heard, I heard Longview. I wasn't, I, Longview was not catchy enough for me. It wasn't until I heard Basket Case and She that I was like, this is everything I've ever needed. I basically just discovered things that they would talk about. Like during Dookie, they were on tour with Pansy Division. So I like investigated Pansy Division and they would talk about Blatz. 
So I just like explored all these bands that I would hear about in like Green Day books and Green Day magazines and and it snowballed into my life now. Um, but I didn't like explore my like local scene and like have any friends or like a community until I was until like I don't know, a couple years after that. I was probably like seventeen. I was like sixteen, seventeen and I started going to shows. My whole outing was based on like who was driving was my mom okay with it? Uh-huh. But a lot of the time, my mom would drop me off. So my mom right. was into dropping me off at these, like, big, fancy-looking clubs that were, like, in the strip mall where I would go see the Mr. T Experience. That was a show that changed my life, though. It was Mr. T Experience, The Crumbs, and The Teen Idols. And my mom dropped us off, and we were all... We all had zines. That's another thing. I keep, like... I can't talk about my life with punk without like forgetting like these landmark moments, but right. I started a zine all about Green Day. I like promoted it on the new thing called AOL. Mm-hmm. I loved America Online. My screen name was Green Day Girl, but girl was with three R's because right. I was a feminist. And, <laughs> you know, I started this zine called Green Zine and me and my two friends, Charlie and Nancy, who are still like punk and awesome. Um, we all went to see this show and it, we all interviewed MTX like individually so we showed up at four and we were like I hope they at the time I, I was like didn't have a concept of how they would feel that three different zines wanted to interview them in a row yeah but they were stoked you know they seemed really down they were like you're all 15 year olds like we're so proud yeah this and, is cool yeah and then afterwards, there was just, it was awesome. I remember Joel Reeder like brought out his bass to like teach Nancy a song because she played bass. And then my mom rolls up and she's like, Mamo, it's time to go. And I'm like, <laughs> my mom is here. This is so embarrassing. And But I didn't care. I, I was, you know. Yeah. I was too punk to care. The first and, interview I ever did was with Greg from the Bouncing Souls. And I, the entire interview I said, what is your name and what do you play? And he said, I'm Greg and I'm the singer. And then I said, do you know any good jokes? You know, told me some shitty joke. Took forever to tell. And then the end of the interview was me saying, and I printed this in the zine. The end of the interview was me saying, okay, man, my dad's waiting outside. I got to go. Yes. And like, I didn't even think to not publish that. <laughs> like, I knew that I was embarrassed that my dad picked me up from the show. But it was nice of them too, because I it know that so my nice. family didn't agree with most of my lifestyle, but they were like, well, we want to have an eye over you. and We want to know what you're doing. And I'm Cuban. We're like, you know, my mom still calls me seven times a day. And it's like, <laughs> I'm Cuban from Miami. And we're a very, like, tight-knitted world, even if it's like, even if it's like the rebellious kid who doesn't talk to anyone. Right. We're still like, you know, this protection. It was one of the things in New York, it was like, Oh, it's these punks. Some of them are from Miami, too. And, like, they're these punks who I really, like, respect. And they're playing this amazing music. So I felt this intimidation from experiences with, like, specific people. But then when I got to know people here and bands here, I was like, this is awesome. No one gives a Everyone just wants to, like, make music and not die. Dude. And, like, that's my Pretty much. You know? Besides, like, the Stray Dog Town LP. And maybe they tried Stupid Party put a record out. But, like... Not we didn't really do a good job of like making our bands work, you know, very well. There's not a lot of documentation of a lot of that stuff, and and sometimes I'm like, why didn't we do a better job? And then other times I'm like, 
I realized like we were all so busy just trying to not off ourselves. And like and sometimes really sometimes making the music and having that point in time with the like with the shows. Yeah. And having flyers. I save all the flyers. Oh, I'm so glad. But you sometimes did. not that that's enough, but like sometimes that's like it's good. It's like I'm pretty crazy now about recordings. Right. And I wasn't I I I'm in a band now. We're called the Home Wreckers. And <clears throat> Home Wreckers. Home Wreckers. <laughs> I um I it's like I've always wanted to play music and I just never got to play music cuz no one wanted to deal with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was like it was always things. It was either and there was a lot of people I tried to play music with and it just didn't work and and so around 2004 I like reinvested in like pop punk but like not necessarily this like DIY punk rock like world that like felt like home and felt like it was the community that like I was coming from and I was creating as an artist and as a zine writer and um I just like I felt like there was all these pop punk bands that I like didn't know about and this pop punk scene that I didn't know about and I met Jackie O in that yeah. world. Jackie O fucking rules. And we were like the weird gays. In like totally. At the, at like the Plus Ones show. Or at like at the Screeching Weasel show. And that's a pretty big show. I met Jackie O before that. through But through Pop Punk. But we became friends. Like hanging out at like Steinway shows. And mm-hmm. Unlovable shows. And like this this Queens pop punk yeah there was that whole thing. Queens like suburban yeah, pop punk yeah and it's punk. still there yeah totally it's still there but it's just like you know now like that band Houseboat was around and there's I don't know there's some bands but like so I would always see Jackie at these shows and I was like dude let's start a punk band a pop punk band and we've had a, a billion lineup changes since um but it's still me and Jackie we're holding it down and you know, like now having a band and creating a punk scene is like, there's, it's like so much has changed in the last like five years, you know? There's totally. like all these queer punk bands. Dude. And like, I just heard people watching for the first yes, time. Yes, people watching. Oh my God. People with two E's. Sounds like, it sounds like Ben Out of Shape. Yes. The way it's they do like, two guitars. It's this like, yeah. It's like this poppy, sad vibe. Totally. That like is, is so important. I love it to like, you know, keep alive. That's another thing, it's like, I love pop punk music. Right. I'm not, and that is, it's like, that's like a next level, like, like wall I'm creating for myself because <laughs> you know it's like hardcore music garage music like I feel like it's more universal and more people want to do that and no one wants to play pop punk music that much really I mean and I'm, and I know there's one person out there listening to this being like you don't know what you're talking about everyone wants to play pop punk and I'm like well where are they send them my way give them my email address because We've had like a hundred drummers, you know? Right. And like, people, people are just like, it's fine. It's no offense. Like, you got to live your life and not play pop punk if you don't want to. <laughs> but like, pop punk isn't this like thing that's often associated with like, like a radical or like a riot girl, like influenced. 
thing, which is fine. You don't have to like pop punk, but like I need to be in a band that sounds like a that sounds like the Pepper Ann theme song. Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, you know that <laughs> cartoon? I want to be in a band that sounds like that. Like, like I said before, I wasn't really playing music till very recently. Right. Not very recently, but like 2008, 2009. And, and that's, that's grown and I'm very focused on that now. But I've always been doing my art and my writing since like 97 when I started Green Zine. And that just stayed with me forever. Like it, it snowballed into like being about um, more about sexism and abuse and healing from abuse and trying to like maintain that healing experience and stay in the punk scene or the activist community whatever is ruining your life was ruining my life at the moment <laughs> um and so my zine became about that and then i stopped writing about my life at the moment like i stopped writing like last week i went on the greyhound and then we went to the conference and then bleh, you know and i started writing more about my past um and i wrote a book called Indestructible in 2005. Yeah, it's cool. And that was going to be the 15th issue of Green Zine, but I just made it Indestructible and put it out as a book because it was so much about depression and sex and being, like, a Latin girl that I wanted it to be, like, accessible to people who weren't just punks. And right. it's all out about punk, too, and finding punk, but it was so much more about, like, being a teen girl. Right. And so I really wanted it in like libraries, young adult sections, blah, blah, blah. And so I put it out as a book. I had just quit teaching and school for teaching because I wanted to be an artist. Right. And like not compromise all the like perverted and or like anarchist and or, you know, weird drawings that I was going to keep doing for myself. <clears throat> and I didn't want to stop that just to like get a job. Right. So, but I still wanted to like read, like be up, like reach out to like youth and talk about like the experience of youth because I was like early twenties, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm such, I was such a fucked up kid. I just want to write about it. Yeah, and then, help other fucked <clears throat> up kids potentially. Yeah, and so after Indestructible came out, I started writing a book about healing from abuse and um, quitting punk, bad habits. Yeah. Not quitting punk, but like leaving punk and moving in with a bunch of club kids who also had kind of quit punk and just to like find a new way to heal from right. sexual trauma. You know, it was great. It was very, I think it's very important to like embrace whatever community is like helping you at the time. Well, while I started working on it, I was asked to contribute to a book called Baby Remember My Name the young queer writer anthology and Michelle T edited it. And Michelle T cool. Is an awesome author. Yeah. Became my friend and started including me in her anthologies. She and I, like and so from that she asked me to go on Sister Spit tour which right. started in the 90s and was like all uh, first it was all dyke poet writer tour and then it it became all queer for this next generation that started 2007 and or eventually it, it got pretty queer you know eventually um but anyways i went on sister spit tour 2007 and that was like that just changed my life forever because i'm there with these 
like people who are like 15, 10, 15 years older than me <clears throat> who are still like punk as f you know? Were you the youngest person? Yeah, I was 24 on the tour. Okay. And like, I kept being like, trying to prove how I'm so punk and so cool and like, <clears throat> but through that experience, I like, we performed at colleges, we performed at bookstores. Like that was the first time I did like a reading thing. Yeah. And that just like opened my eyes to the fact that like I could be myself, like Michelle T and Ali Libagon. Eileen Miles is on this tour. Dude, I was gonna, like, I just, I've been reading Cool For You. Ugh. And she's it is, so awesome. She is she so cool. She's so real. Yeah, I think it's really important to like work with people who've been involved in like the legacy or like the struggle that like that like I identify with as a woman, like as a, a woman of color, like a queer woman of color who like that hasn't really felt comfortable with like being really honest about myself or talking about my life right. and like my anger and like my family and blah, 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 blah. Because it's like, I don't know what, so, cause when you grow up, it's like you either write your zine and do your thing that is like, you, there is no boss. You're like saying what you believe and publishing it. And you know, that's like what makes punk and all DIY culture that exists in punk and other subcultures like right. it's like really important to like um I don't know it was really important for me to like build myself through that and like find myself through that cause I don't know it's really important to not be silenced Something, something, yeah, 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 the dead. Okay, Green Day. I Look, I love this record. I got no shame. No shame in 2014. That's the law. Dookie, fantastic album. I remember sitting with the CD with my father with a magnifying glass, looking at the cover, and him showing me all the stuff. He was like, look at all the details. This is why it's cooler when you listen to records, because they're bigger, and you can see the cover art better. Uh, thank you, Sonny Hagendorf. That's my dad for instilling me with that kind of wisdom. Um, thank you also to my guest, Christy Rode. You can find her books, Bad Habits and Indestructible, and the other one at bookstores and stuff. Just look it up. And uh, her band, homewreckers.bandcamp.com. And it was really nice to sit down. I think she's got a lot to say, and I think she's a good, a good voice to have in the world, just screaming and shouting and making a lot of noise. And uh, thanks also to the movie The Crow, Thank you to the band People Watching, People, P-E-E-P, Watching.bandcamp.com to buy that record. There was like a brief sample of that and a brief sample of Gangstar. Thanks to Josh Landis and his show Infinite Distortion on WFMU for playing my thing. No thanks to Mike Ness and his band Social Distortion, even though I did use a segment of your song as a joke. It was clear that that was a joke, right? F that whole band and everything about them. No cops, no creeps, peace in the pizzeria, F social distortion, F your negative attitude, we are the punks.